So this is the episode you've all been waiting for, for at least 24 hours since the tease. In honor of the presidential debate that occurred a couple of days ago, we, YFTS Podcast, will bring you our own very first podcast debate yes, sir. about fantasy football and other stuff. This should be fun. I... I mean, props out to Eddie who thought of the idea. Uh, as those who are listening to this week's podcast, we had quite a heated discussion about one topic, uh, which will be the first topic we'll get to uh, in today's debate. But it'll be nice to, and after seeing the debacle that was the presidential debate, uh, we decided to do our own little version of it, uh, make it a little entertaining, have fun Wait, with do it. Do I get to interrupt him while he's speaking? No, don't make me pull. Don't make me do that. But if, don't, if it don't happens, mute my mic. if if don't yeah no don't mute <laughs> don't mute your mic. But if it happens, you're gonna hear it from me. So you, um, Kel- Stathos Kelvin? You're right. You're right. Uh, you know what? I'm Stathos Kelvin, but today I'm Stathos Moderator Kelvin. Oh, my Lord. Wait, what, what was the other one we added to uh, in the week podcast? Editor. I forgot. Editor, that's right. No, no. Was that it? Editor? Yeah, I think, I think so. so. Okay, so Stathos Editor Moderator Kelvin. <laughs> yeah. And Stockbroker. Psychic. And and stock- <laughs> oh, Psychic. That's right. Psychic. Psychic too. Um, and stockbroker. Yes, exactly. Stockbroker. Stock all, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. All right. So welcome, one and all. This is Stat Host Moderator Kelvin, uh, bringing you the first ever YFTS podcast debate. Uh, today we have on my left, on one corner, Mr. Eddie, two-time Torres. Go ahead, Eddie. You want to give us a short instruction? I don't need an introduction. There you go. And on, 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 on my right, we have Mr. Jack Gurley. Jack, do you want to give yes. us a short introduction? Well, I also don't need one because I also have won the league four times. Wow. So technically, I'm Jack four times. <laughs> it's already begun, and I love it. All right, so this is the rules. We're going to give each other two minutes. Uh, sorry, each of you will get two minutes to discuss the topic. Then we'll open up the floor for arguing. We're not going to call it discussion because you know it's going to be arguing. Uh, so right now I have a timer on my screen that both of you can see. And we will start with uh, Mr. Two-Time. And the topic, the first topic on hand is Lamar Jackson is and will continue to be a top-tier quarterback in the NFL. Your two minutes, not, sir. Not just in fantasy. Not just in fantasy in NFL. Your, your time starts now. All right, so this guy has first career. He is a 66% passer, and apparently that's the worst thing that he can do. Uh, I understand it was a terrible game against the Chiefs, and you cannot put that against him. Like, that is one of the worst games I've ever seen the Ravens play as a team. Defensively, they were terribly ter- uh, terrible. Offensively, they were terrible. 
it's just for some reason they I think they brain farted the whole game and were out coached astronomically. Uh, I don't think that will happen again. I think they're going to learn from their mistakes. I understand that there's high flying offenses left and right in the NFL, but the Ravens defense is so much better than what they played on Monday night. Um, so if you're taking that and watching that, that film and thinking that Lamar Jackson is a bust or he can't throw, he's inaccurate. And I understand he was those things for that one game. I, I could totally understand that. I, 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 I get where the argument comes from, but they're not going to be behind in many games. And when they do go from behind, they're not going to change from the game plan, at least from my perspective, because I think that team is smart enough to realize they need to run the ball. And Lamar Jackson, I mean, he had 1,200 rushing yards last year. This year, he's still on pace for over 1,000 yards. I think he's going to do it again. Um, he still hasn't thrown an interception, surprising, surprisingly, since he's so inaccurate. He doesn't turn the ball over very often, and the team is always going to compete. They're going to be 12-4, and 13-3 again this season, number one or two seed in the AFC. So, obviously, he's going to be elite. Thank you, Mr. Torres. I mean, wait, you're not Torres. What's your name again? Mr. Two-Time. Thank <laughs> Two -time. you, Mr. Two-Time. Uh, how do I turn this alarm off? Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, I've never used this timer before. Um, uh, great points there. Well put. Uh, I have a couple questions for you later, but we'll, I'll, I'll join in a discussion when time comes. Mr. Gurley, your two hey, minutes hey. start now. So my counterpoint I'm complete opposite. I personally think he's a great fantasy quarterback. I don't think he's going to be a great, great top-tier quarterback in the, uh, in the NFL. He's, he's no different than Michael Vick in the past, except Michael Vick does not have a defense in the past. Uh, Lamar Jackson is inaccurate. Unless he improves his accuracy in the next few years, he is not going to improve. He's not going to win games where he falls behind. No good quarterback. You're telling me no good quarterback could only throw 90 yards against a team when you're down double digits the whole game. That, that's, just, that's just – even Sam Darnold could do over 99 yards if they're down by double score the whole game. And just he's inaccurate. And when they fall behind, they have to bail out their plan, which is run the ball. And they look awful when they bail their plan. We, this is not the first time they were to achieve and they lost. Uh, last year they lost to the Browns. They got destroyed. They couldn't come back from it because Lamar Jackson couldn't throw the ball properly. Uh, last year we saw in the playoffs, Titans control the clock, and he they, they took the lead, and Lamar Jackson once again fell behind, and he could not come back from winning. A good good quarterbacks have comebacks. Lamar Jackson probably only has one, I think, so far that he came back from to to get, get, give the Ravens a chance to win. Uh, I just feel like in the long run, he he's a Craig. I mentioned he's a great great fancy quarterback. He has a, he runs a lot, and he gets you points from there. But throwing-wise, when he falls behind, he is not accurate enough to make those key passes. Last week, we saw two, three uh, passes that he could have, if he was accurate, would have been two to three touchdowns. That's a huge swing in the game. And therefore, they could put back the Ravens back to running the ball again. You know, his inaccuracy helps his team fall behind even more and, and stop the clock. Even, even early in the game, he, he, he had 20 yards in halftime. As a quarterback, as a top-tier quarterback, no shot. There's no top-tier quarterback throwing only 20 yards in the first half. All right. 
Great point. Great point. I'm going to open the floor for discussion. Eddie, rebuttal. So my rebuttal. Okay. I understand Monday night was a terrible game and he does have a bad resume when it comes to coming from behind. But for some reason, they tend to run away from the run. And I don't understand why, especially when they're down one score. I mean, to be fair, once you're, once you're behind two scores, you need, you need to throw the ball, like, especially in the second half. It is, it is not Lamar Jackson's fault that he has such a little sample size when it comes to coming back from, from a, a deficit. But just, because it, four just, or five games? just because he has a small sample size doesn't mean he shouldn't be able to do it. It's also, he also, you can't put it's the same thing as me saying you can't put him top tier. It's such a small sample size. So small sample size. On every other game, he's, he's 21 and one. If you don't, if you take out the playoff games and if you put, take out the two games against the Chiefs, which I know you have to take into consideration. He's only lost one game? You, 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 he's only lost one game. As so you're basically time. saying against the teams that he, the teams that sucks, pretty much. I'm not basically saying you're that. Taking I'm out, saying, you're taking all the good teams out. You're taking the Chiefs I'm, out. The I'm Titans saying game that's out. elite. Wait, wait. His only his only game he lost was against the Chiefs last week. Last year. Last year. Yeah, it was fourteen and two last year. He lost to the Browns last year too. And he lost to the Browns. Oh, so so he's twenty one and two as starter. Twenty one and one. Well, they lost last week. And he and they lost to Mahomes last week. Yeah, so yes. twenty one and two. No, against anybody other than Mahomes. And oh, I see. Playoff games. I see what you're saying. Okay, so no, so if you add Mahomes in, what's it twenty one and four? As as of right now, that's his kryptonite. Yeah, but that's, that's not saying much because last year they didn't verse any good teams. They were they were some good teams. Who they verse last year? I'm gonna I mean, pull, I'm I can't. Pull the I can't name I'm them off the top of my head. Right beat, now. You guys go. They beat Russell. What he beat Russell Wilson. I'm pretty sure he beat the Patriots. Those are two two, two pretty good teams. I'm assuming. I I, I mean, Patriots was not a good team last year. They were they were pretty decent. That was in back to back weeks. All right, here, the here, Dolphins, uh, the Cardinals. I got you right now. So they beat San Francisco. This, these were these were the games they played. They played the Bills week one. The Bills, the Bengals. That's 2018. This is 20, no, that's 2018. All right, what am I looking at? Twenty. This is 2019. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, okay, go ahead. I'm looking at it right now. They they versed the Dolphins, the Cardinals, lost to the Chiefs, lost to the Browns, beat the Steelers, the Bengals, uh, the Seahawks. It also beat- took a miraculous effort for Mahomes to come back from in that. Yeah, uh, but that, that's, the that, see the difference? He's good. But he I'm saying it was miraculous. He could come back from that. We've seen multiple times in Mahomes. We saw in the Super Bowl. So him. is it his fault that his team gets ahead? That's not his fault. I'm just saying he, he could come back from it. Now, good quarterbacks could come back from being down. Tom Brady came back from 28-3. These good quarterbacks came, comes back. From Aaron Rodgers. Don't forget Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers comes back. Yeah, these quarterbacks all came back from losing games. When when LeBron Jackson loses, when when the Ravens are losing, <laughs> you said LeBron Jackson, <laughs> LeBron Jackson. <laughs> when Ravens are losing, they have difficult time coming back. All these games I mean, that they win, they have an easy lead. They never lost the lead ever. To be to I be mean, fair, it's, it's pretty. To be fair, it's pretty impressive that they've always had the lead. But I think the signs of a a, a, a like a really good quarterback is being able to come back when you're down. Like and it seems you, like Lamar Jackson is unable but to. But why can't winning be a good sign of being, well, no, being no, a good quarterback? Yeah, it is. He's he's definitely a good quarterback. I just don't think he you can put him in this top tier with these quarterbacks for a clutch. He doesn't have a clutch factor. So imagine imagine you put Lamar Jackson and well, Russell Wilson's team right now with that defense. They will not win as much. 
How, I, how could you say that they're going to win more than, than Lamar Jackson? How could you possibly say he's 14 and 2 last year? Yeah, with a good defense. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm they have a good defense. You, how, could you, how could you say, but how, you're just going to say that it's the defense that they're 14 and 2? No, it's it, him too. It, he's dynamic. It helps when you have a top five defense in the league. Also, they played uh, the Bengals twice, the Browns yeah, twice, the and the Steelers twice with no ba- Big Ben. No Big Ben, yeah. So there's that. They were the Jets, but the team, the, the top tier teams that the they Cardinals. they faced, they beat them. They beat San Fran. They beat New England. They beat Seattle. The only team that they don't beat is is Pat. They lost to the Browns. They got destroyed by the Browns. All right. Wow. What do you mean, wow? They beat they the Bills. They beat. They beat so many playoff teams last year. You and he, they're not giving him any credit because. He didn't come from behind in any of those games. You know, they, 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 they had a comfortable lead, and he, all they did was run the ball. Jason would say okay. they didn't beat the Titans. They didn't beat the Titans either because they <laughs> fell behind. Yeah, it was a bad – I understand. They were bad games. I, those are bad games. I understand that that, that that's happened. Just like, that's, that's like this is his third season. That's like me saying everyone's loss is a bad game. It's a bad game. This is his third season. He has a very small sample size of losing. 21-1. and one, against anybody not named Pat Mahomes and the two playoff games. I understand he has to get better in the playoffs. I understand against the top tier teams in the playoff games that matters. He, he beat we, those teams in the regular those. season. He didn't beat them in the I understand he didn't beat them in the playoffs. But the guy's going to be elite no matter what. He's, he's going to be a top not, 3 quarterback. Not the way not he's thrown for, he's, for the rest of his he's career. Not, he's not accurate enough to become a yes, legit he is. thrower. You you're you were just so you're so biased to a fault that you, you think he's accurate. That's in, like I don't even hate the guy. Top top three. Top, top three is big, man. That's a big. That's a big. I, I love sixty-eight percent. Isn't top tier sixty nine basically? I could throw sixty-eight percent. I'm throwing open to open fucking uh, tight ends and receivers all the fucking time. Sixty-nine percent, and you're not calling that top tier. I'm calling he's out. Not top I'm tier. looking at the numbers. I understand he had a really really bad game, but. He is more accurate than a lot of people are getting he him credit for. Score seven points against the Chargers and then score oh, what, ten points last year against the Titans in the playoffs. That's a very good record for uh, good scoring, elite quarterback. The Chargers. Right. He wasn't even supposed to start that game. He, so, so a lot of not, people didn't want him to start. So we're not gonna count it because he wasn't supposed to start. And he was not a good throw in his rookie year. He wasn't a good throw this year. He's not a good throw last year. All right, I'm gonna try to wrap this one up. He, uh, just because he's, everyone's afraid of him scrambling, and he opens up people's. But how is that against? How do you put that against him? I'm not putting it up against him because when you stop him from running, those things don't open up anymore. All right, Mr. Gurley, Mr. Two Time, we're gonna wrap this one up. Uh, you both made excellent arguments. Um, I've I've contributed very little to this. Um, I think, I, I think he 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 needs to improve, and he will. Uh, but right now, to me, he's not a top three quarterback. Uh, but he's definitely up there. He's gonna. He's very young. He's got the talent. Oh and yeah. He has the opportunity I'm not to do saying he. I'm not saying he can't improve his accuracy in the next few years. But right now, his accuracy does not make him a top tier quarterback. Is that fair to say, Eddie? Not in my eyes. He thinks. Of <laughs> I'm looking at the numbers. He, he thinks because the numbers says 68 percent. He's a great quarterback. All right, guys. That's uh. This one's. This one's uh. This one's a wrap. Well done. This is exactly what I expected and wanted to, wanted to get out of this. Uh, we're going to move on to round two. I mean, is it no, topic because, number uh, two. Here's another guy. Uh, uh, I'm just going to say, Kirk Cousins has a 67, 68% career uh, completion also. He's All right, Mr. Gurley. Mr. Gurley. Mr. Gurley. Mr. Gurley. I'm going to wrap this up, all right? It's a stat host moderator. Mr. Mr. Two-time. 
Mr. Two Time. <laughs> Mr. Two Time. Mr. Two Time. Can you shut this clown? Mr. Two Time. Mr. Two Time. Clown up. Two. No. I mean this person. <laughs> All right. Uh, great impersonation of the presidential debate, guys. I love it. Awesome. Um, okay, so this is uh, that was Lamar Jackson. All right, we're gonna move on to round two. Topic for round two. Uh, we're gonna move on to topic number two, and this topic is the zero RB uh, fancy. Uh, sorry, draft strategy. And for those who don't know, I'm gonna give a short, uh, brief introduction to what the zero RB strategy is. Once upon a time, a man named Sean Siegel created a little strategy in fantasy football called zero RB. This is an approach that focuses on accumulating top receivers early in a draft, waiting to target high upside running backs in the later rounds. The idea behind the strategy is to account for fragility at the running back position. Uh, sound good? Does that uh, sound right to you, both of you? Yes, definitely sums it up. And Eddie, I know you in our draft uh, went with the zero RB strategy for the and first most time. Most of my drafts. Well, for the first time this year, right? It's the first time yeah. you did it. Well, I mean. I wanted to do it in past drafts, but I never had the balls to do it. And uh, this year I did it. So far, I like the, my, how my roster looks. But even though, uh, despite all my injuries, all right, I still gonna, like how my roster looks. All right, I'm going to flip it up. Mr. Gurley is going to take the first two minutes of this. Uh, and we will debate whether it's a good idea or a bad idea to go zero RB. And your time starts now. Well, my opinion on this is depending on how the field is. Uh, in the past, I have done it too because of the, how the field and pool is. This year, I was against it because there's so much receiver in the middle of the round compared to running back. Let's use names, for example. Lockett, Metcalf, Calvin Ridley. All these guys ran in the middle of the round. These, these guys are top five receivers right now. Meanwhile, running backs... People are losing running backs left to right, and we're scrambling. We're starting people like Mike Davis, even though he's a decent filler, but it's still someone you're scrambling from the free agent pool to fill in your running back position. I just feel like the running backs in the top, the top tier, tier one or two, gets the majority of the work. And the, the second, the, the tiers afterwards, you have to, you have to guess right. And there's not a lot of them. I guess you you could get them right, like I said. Like Eddie done, he actually hit them. He got lucky, obviously. Fucking. John Taylor, and then Marlon Mack gets injured literally week one. And it just, it just, you had to get lucky with these things. And uh, I just feel like there's so much receiver talent in the middle rounds, late rounds. Like Deontay Johnson, you picked him in the 10th round. This guy's averaging 12 targets, 11 targets a game. He's someone you dropped in the 10th, 11th round. Uh, and there's a lot more receivers you keep going on that you, you got these receivers later around. Why are you wasting your top, your first and second round picks when you could pick running backs that's getting the whole, whole workload instead of depending on running backs that are getting, oh, maybe 10, 15 carries, maybe they score a touchdown, maybe to get receiving work when you get the workload. Nick Chubb is someone that is going to get workload. You get, it's almost guaranteed to get workload every game uh, compared to someone drafting. Like, like Jason, uh, I mean, Eddie Ali, he drafted Devontae Adams and Julio. And later rounds, he got lucky. He, he hit on Hunt. He hit on Jonathan Taylor. But he literally – you literally got all the good late round running backs, and it's not the case for everyone all the time. And it's not all; it doesn't always happen. Uh, that's why I think I, I I just feel like it's safer to go with running backs because there's not a lot of running backs this year. Thank you for your point, Mr. Gurley, and Mr. Two Time. Your time starts now. All right. So when it comes to ZRB, uh, it the definition basically is um, to make your team optimal as optimal 
as optimal as possible when it comes to every single other position other than RB. Uh, I didn't do the traditional zero RB. I did draft the RB in the fifth, uh, running back in the fifth round. Um, but if you were to lock up your quarterback spot, lock up your tight end spot, and lock out your starting receiver spots before locking up a running back, I think that's so much safer than uh, relying on the points from a running back. I understand running back is the, are the, the meat and potatoes of – you know, your fantasy scoring, they usually do, they tend to score more, but in PPR leagues, especially in three receiver leagues, you have to fill up your receivers. Uh, I understand there are a lot of fillers, but I would rather have starting caliber receivers than um, these little 10 point PPR plays. I think they're more valuable. I think, especially in three receiver leagues, you have three spots, and if you include a flex, you have four spots for receivers. Uh, and then in comparison to two running back spots and possibly three, uh, I think you're just uh, setting yourself up for failure when it comes to relying on running backs instead of relying on receivers. The safer, uh, the only way a receiver scores is by catching the ball. And if you're getting enough volume and, be, and you have three receiver ones on your team, basically, your team is going to compete every single week, especially if you're set at quarterback and if you're set at, at uh, uh, tight end. But when it comes to – you could always find value when it, at running back. And I, I understand that a lot of people will think that running back was very scarce, but this year especially, I thought it was pretty All right, Mr. Unscarce. Time. Time is up, and I'm going to open the floor up for discussion. I want to continue. Keep going, go. So uh, there were a lot of starting running backs in the fourth, fifth, sixth round that that you could have used Named to fill right up now. your roster. Name them. Name them off the top of your head right now. David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt. David Montgomery is trash. Huh? David Montgomery is trash. You just naming players on but your team that you drafted. But he's playable. He's one hundred percent. You could get Chris Carson. I mean, I understand Chris Carson was dropping. But prior to you want me most to name, drafts, you want me to name you the top ten receivers right now right. in the, in the fantasy fo- uh, football right now. But half that of them, has a lot to do with injuries. That doesn't mean anything. You can't injury comes with fantasy football. You can't just, just do a lot of injuries. How many receivers coming out the waiver wire would you say are on starting rosters right now? Receivers. There's at least two of them in the top ten right now as we speak. What was that? There's two receivers right now in the top ten that are not wasn't drafted. Who? Who are they? Robbie Anderson and Alan Lazard are top top ten receivers right now. They were not even drafted in any leagues. Robbie, Robbie Anderson was – I think they were, he was a flyer. They were taking on him. But I could name running backs as well. James Robinson, Miles Gaskin, Daryl Henderson. You're not, you're, um, you're, never, you're, you're not even starting Gaskin in a 10-man league yourself. Because I have a lot of uh, depth. No one, was, no one is starting him. In a no one league. is starting Miles Gaskin? Not in a 10-man league. two touchdowns? Nine t- 22 touches? Not in a 10-man league. I, w- I wouldn't start him. I think I would. I, I, I think you're bugging out. I'm bugging out. So why are you not starting him in the last two weeks? Because I have uh, – like I said, I, have, I hit on most of my running backs. But in general, he's going to be started in most leagues. Here, here's he's my not, take on it. I feel like – man league, he is not going to be started in most leagues. You're bugging. If you, if you think about this, listen, uh, an offense has multiple receivers that can, they can go to. But an offense only has one really reliable running back. And if you think about it like that, you 
you would want to get a good running back earlier than take a chance on a later one, right? Because if you take a chance on a later one and you miss, then you're have to you but if you, without running but back. But it's volume at running back. You're you're basically drafting six or seven running backs at the end of the most drafts, and hoping that one or two hit, and that's going to be your starting. Those guys are going to be in your starting lineup, and you could also find PPR backs who have, who solely have value in the passing game. I mean, I understand this year that hasn't really worked out with Terry Cohen and uh, James White. Those are two names coming off the top of my head. Um, but I mean, usually you could find some PPR debt that running back as well. There were a lot like, of running backs drafted in the later rounds that you. But could, I do like the point that Jack made where steals. Yeah, but I do like the point Jack made where he said a lot of these mid-tier wide receivers are pretty much wide receiver ones, wide receiver twos. And I think they they had that uh, upside to them even at that point, not even before all these injuries happened. What if you had Lockett as your receiver four or DK Metcalf as your receiver four? So, but that's the same thing as saying you could have them as your receiver one. You dropped them in the fifth round. You're perfectly yeah, but fine with if them. they're if they're your receiver one, the rest of your roster is not going to be as good as my, at least in my opinion, not going to be as good as mine. Because Why not? I, if you're going just to say first two rounds, Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders, I'd rather have those two guys with Ty Lockett, Metcalf, than you picking Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and two running backs later. A hundred percent out of a hundred times, you'd rather have those four over your four. Not not in my league. Not in a three receiver league. What you tr- you you tell me you rather have. Miles is still Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Metcalf, and Lockett. You rather have your four players. You rather have Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Kareem Hunt, and John Taylor. Yeah, really. You just bugging right now. You just, just two top five receivers, two top five running backs. You're saying no obviously to them. right. You're saying this right now, but by at the end of the season on a per game basis, Devontae Adams and Julio Jones are going to be better than those two receivers. The way that they're playing right now, you still think that. But even even if they are better, what, is John, what the, has the, Jonathan Taylor done? I mean, not John. I'm sorry. What has Josh Jacobs done in a, in the PPL league? I, I don't think he has know. like two or three catches on the season. He has like five. He really? He's a touchdown dependent. He's, he has ten running. catches. He has more catches than Kareem Hunt. Ooh. How many fantasy points does he have? Huh? How many he has, fantasy? He has sixteen in our league. He had one good game. I mean, what what does that mean? I, I don't what. Devontae Adams had one, good, one game. good game. Devontae Adams won <laughs> good game also. But he's hurt. He played hurt. That comes with the fantasy football. You can't just say someone's I, hurt. I, I, think, I, I think when you get to the end of the year, Josh Jacobs will have, will have a top five running back kind of season. season. You, 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 you can't tell me you'd rather have those four players over the four players I named. That you could easily could you easily could have had those four players I named. Easily. I don't know. In my opinion, I think you, I, I, you're going – Four put receivers. Way. Let's put this way. You could possibly have this lineup, okay? Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett, and Metcalf. What was that? You, your first two picks would be Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs. You could also – your three receivers could be Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett, and Metcalf. Who's really going to draft Tyler Lockett and Metcalf? Fine. Let's remove Metcalf and put Amari Cooper in there. Okay. So that's that's easily a team you could get, and th- those are top, literally top five of the top fifteen I mean, players right now. Hey, you guys, hey, you hey, just, optimal, hey, just saying, I have three of those guys on my team. Yeah, I'm just if saying. You want this, an optimal receiver team? You could, you could definitely have a, 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 a booming receiver as well. I mean, like it's, it's. 
It's not like it was set in stone. I'm, like, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying you can't do the wide receiver trick. I just feel like this year there's so much more receiver compared to running backs. And there's no point in rushing for a receivers. lot of receivers have not hit so far, and they've played. Exactly. So why would you why would you go receivers heavy if they haven't I'm hit talking, a lot? I'm talking about in those same rounds that you're you're talking about in three, four, five rounds. I just named you four fives. If hit. DJ Moore was your receiver one, would you be would you be happy? Uh, no, that the best one guy you just named. Cup is doing fine. Robert Woods is doing fine. Adam Dillon is doing okay. He had one bad game. These people are doing all fine. A- They're Rob doing okay. A Rob is fine. I, I I don't know what you're trying to say. A Rob had one good game. First week in PPR, he gave you what? He, he could have been five three. He could have been receiver yards. But you you're, you're, 14 points from a receiver isn't a bad game. You're only expecting 30, 40 points. It's a good game. No, I'm not. All, what I'm trying to say is, if that's your receiver three, your lineup is set. You're going to get a minimum. A bad game is going to be 12 to 13 points from receiver. Except you're, one and, two in a, you're one and two in our league. Okay. <laughs> My team I, is I'm dealing I'm, with so many injuries. I'm dealing with so many injuries, too. You had Russell Wilson. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. I drafted Russell Wilson in the sixth, seventh round. All right, I'm going to wrap I mean, this one up, guys. Uh, you're getting carried what? by one player. I'm going to say uh, that the zero if RB If my team is... had Russell Wilson, I'd be 3-0. Ooh. I'd like, to see the, I'd like to do the math and see if, that were, if that's true. Um, it's quite possible. It's quite possible. It's, it's, it, it, I mean, you see the numbers Russell Wilson putting up is ridiculous. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so zero RB strategy. Uh, if, I re- if I replace Russell Wilson for Cam Ewan this week, you would still lost. Uh, I'm doing it right oh. now for you. Hold up. I'll do it for you. Damn. I, I, that means I destroyed Eddie. Uh, if you replace the with the week two that you lost, where uh, Cam Newton dropped twenty two, Russell Wilson, how much Russell Wilson dropped that week? Thirty nine, only twelve point difference. You lost by thirty that week. Also, you were still lost. Oh boy! Wow, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough. Okay, we're gonna wrap this, uh, this round up. I uh, just want to say that the zero RB strategy is all opinionated. Uh, you can't go it's wrong, you can't go right. Uh, it could work Eddie out. Eddie hit them, but yeah, like I mentioned, Eddie, Eddie hit them. Not, it's not going to be the same case for everyone else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we don't really know the outcome of it uh, until the end of the season. But in most leagues, I I drafted Jonathan Taylor, and I also drafted Raheem Mostert, uh, Kareem Hunt. So I'm, yeah, I'm so, hitting on most. So you, so you, you took all those players, and you're suggesting the receiver strategy for the other nine people. How is that going to hit for them? But who? All right, you got to think about all these other running backs that were taken in, in the fourth, fifth round. You, David you Johnson. Got- you, you, um, not, you, you, Peter's team. I see who else. Peter took a receiver early a lot. He's, he he has no running back. Hassan had no receivers. Uh, he took a receiver heavy. He has no running backs. These guys, I don't. They don't have running back right now. All right, we're gonna wrap this one up. It's a two time, Mr. Two time, Mr. Two time. Wrapping this round up. Uh, well done. Let's move on to round uh, topic number three, uh, and this one is near and dear to both of you. Um, one reason because one of you guys drafted this player, another one because it's on his team, his uh, favorite team. Uh, punting on Zach Ertz two weeks into the season. Uh, Eddie two time just traded Zach Ertz for uh, somebody. Who did you say for? Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup. Uh, after two weeks. And I'd like to hear, I, I thought uh, it was an interesting because it's only been two weeks. He did have a tough start. Um, and But he, this guy is one of the top going into the draft. One of the top tier tight ends to uh, in fantasy. So uh, let's hear it. We're going to start with Mitchell two time. And your time starts 
now. All right. So my situation was extremely specific. I was dealing with a ton of ironic, I know, wide receiver injuries. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I know it's ironic. Don't laugh at me. Hey, hey. Do I get the, that time back? Uh, I know, yeah. <laughs> um, Michael Gallup, I saw the matchup. I thought he was going to do very well playing against Seattle. Zach Ertz, he is just to me, at least. For now and the rest of the season, I think his entire career, he's a floor play at tight end. His entire career? Oh, yes. Continue. He's a I'm floor play at tight end. He's going to get you 10, point, 10 points minimum and the occasional touchdown and the occasional blow-up game. I understand that's great at tight end. The end of the season, uh, the end of season stats are going to look fantastic. But if you, when you look in a year where tight end, we said it, a bazillion times. Tyden is not scarce this year, and especially in a 10-man league. I understand you want most of your roster to be as best as possible, and tight end is part of your roster. But Zachers to me was very expendable, especially when I had Hunter Henry on that roster. Uh, Zachers, I know he's going to get the bulk of the touches now, especially since Dallas Goddard is hurt. And the receiving core is non-existent. So you might see some blow-up games coming for him in the near future. But I think the deal was worth it. Uh, maybe not for the long run, but for the temporary. And I don't think I considered myself giving up on him. I just got value, enough value for him. That's fine. You, you don't have to stay the whole two minutes. Are you done? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. You asked, you asked him more time. You couldn't finish. <laughs> My bad. Mr. Gurley, your time starts now. Uh, me being an Eagles fan, I was against it, obviously, because two weeks in, Michael Gallows hasn't done anything. He's literally the third option, the fourth option behind Zeke also, if you want to include him, in the offensive game plan. It just he's it's just a pretty much a filling for one week against the Seattle Seahawks. Meanwhile, Zach Ertz is someone that is the primary option. Now they, now they lost even more players. They lost Now they lost to Sean Jackson. Only one receiver. I guess you can't predict the future, but then again, it is the Eagles. Everyone do get hurt. Dallas Goddard got hurt now. Deshaun Jackson is hurt. Greg Ward is literally the only receiver practicing right now for the for the Eagles. Zach Ertz is going to be targeted a lot because he's the only guy left. I, and I just feel like at week two, for you, you, I just feel like you can't give up a top four, top five tight end for someone just a filler for your future weeks. I just want to you know, say I, you still lost because of that. Damn, that's me. <laughs> but I'm saying it just—it doesn't make sense. I feel like you get more value out of Zach or just from his name value, just from Michael Gallup, than better than Michael Gallup. And I just feel like you didn't get the value there, especially after two weeks. And the Eagles do look like a mess, but they always start slow, anyways. Zach usually always picks up later on in the season, and he's—he's probably gonna get ten targets the rest of the season plus. And Hunter Henry, yes, sure, he's someone that's great to fill in, but he's not the top-tier option. He's still the number three option, especially with someone like you who went receiver-heavy. You don't need Michael Gallup. You, 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 you traded away a tight end that's going to get 10-plus targets a week, which is something you want you vouch for about getting targets, target share of the team, and you just traded the guy that has that share. Okay, I probably end my time here, too. All right. Fair to say. Uh, good points by both guys. Um, both, we both the- ended at a... One minute and 44 seconds. Oh, wow. Oh, it's, the, it's the end of the world. All right, opening up for discussion. See, my one was super specific to this week. I was trying to at least compete 
Wait, uh, so so Eddie, I I just wanted to ask you. Right? Uh, so we discussed uh, together uh, before this week, that before last week, and we, I think I'm pretty sure we all agreed that Michael Gallup wasn't a viable option this week. And then when he, when I saw that trade, I was even more surprised because you you agreed with us that he wasn't exactly a viable option in that offense. I didn't say I didn't think he was a viable. I I I think he was a volatile option. I wouldn't say he was a viable option for this week. I think he's just matchup based. But, what, um, but was that worth to trade Zach, Zach Ertz at that point? I think it was because my team was – I was going to drop Hunter Henry. Uh, I'd rather have kept him. Honestly, if you offer a Hunter Henry for Gala, he probably would have done it. I don't think so because I, I got him after waivers. I, I don't know. I, I felt Zach Ertz, he was expendable. I think he's expendable. He's a floor play. At best, he's going to get 15 points. I know a tight end that's pretty high, but I think I could stream tight ends. I just feel the opposite because the Eagles usually always start off slow. They did it the last three years with Zach Ertz, and he picks up towards the middle of the late year, and he always finished the top three of the last three years in fantasy. So that's just me. I just feel like for someone who vouches about getting target share, it just felt weird for you to do that trade. Also, even before the uh, draft – happened we were we already knew that the Eagles were suffering from a lot of injuries at the wide receiver position so Zachers was definitely going to get a lot of targets to begin with and then I'm not sure how many injuries happened in the first two weeks before this past week but it seems like it's as they go down his value goes up yeah. well in my opinion all right so now I have extra depth at receiver I do have a ton of trade value, but but to on be the fair, to be, my roster. To, so if to, I want to flip a receiver for a top two tight end, I think I could do that. To be fair, I understand why you need you would need a receiver because both you have Devontae and Julio who have both uh, ruled out last week and most likely ruled out this week. So it's it is and, um, and AJ Brown was he hasn't been played all season basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I get that you want. It seems weird for someone who wins zero RB to get another receiver, but you can't predict injuries. Yeah, so I mean he's he's currently my fifth receiver. I think it's safe to say that I could trade one of my top tier options for a top tier tight end if I wanted to go that route. I definitely do have the value all around. All right, do you want to make any last statements, Jack? Before we uh, move on? No, I made all my statements. All right, sounds good. Uh, good job, all done, and we're gonna move on to our last topic for the evening. Uh, this is something that I didn't even know was going to be a topic before we saw the first game of the year together. Um, CEH, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, the rookie, We're doing CEH versus Jonathan Taylor, right? Yes, yes. Uh, CEH, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the rookie phenomenon happening in Kansas City versus Jonathan Taylor, the other rookie phenomenon happening in the Colts. In, in in Indianapolis, and for people who don't know, Eddie's a big fan of John Taylor. Uh, Jack is a fan of Ceh's fantasy potential, and it seems like Eddie hates Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Like he doesn't believe in him. All I heard Eddie say the whole game we're watching together, uh, five men in the box, five men in the box, and people who don't know what that means, he means they're pretty much giving up on the run, letting him run the ball. Um, and I don't I don't understand the hate. Um, 
So let's uh, let's see what these two have in mind as we talk, as we discuss CEH versus Jonathan Taylor. Mr. Wait, who went last time? Oh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Gurley. You yep. get first dibs, and your time uh, starts now. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not here saying I doubt Jonathan Taylor's uh, his ability, his talent level. It's there, but then again, CEH landed and playing behind Mahomes and Andy Reid, who is office of genius right now. He's drawing a lot of plays. Yeah, against the Clipper, against not Clippers, the Chargers, he had an awful game. Against the Ravens, he didn't have that great of a game, but he still scored double-digit points in the PPR leagues. I mean, these two are good defense in the league. They're probably top five, top top set, probably top ten easily. Both of these teams, the, the schedule will open up. It will get better for him. Jonathan Taylor, on the other hand. They know they're gonna run the ball with him, you know, and they're gonna stack the box. They're gonna force Phillip Rivers to throw the ball. They, they worse who who they worse so far? Jaguars and Minnesota Vikings and Jets. Those are awful defenses here. They're bottom tier defense, and he still couldn't do much. Last week he what he did what he rushed the ball 13 times for 59 yards, and he happened to fall into the end zone one time to to make salvage your day against the Jets. When you're up 36-7, you usually think you'll run the ball a lot. I um, mean, against the Minnesota Vikings, he had he needed 26 carries to give you a good fantasy week. I mean, Ceh on the other hand, he he gets carries, he gets he gets a softer box, he gets all the receiving work, he looked good at it too. I mean, he also is top four in the league and missed and forced tackles missed, which is great because I read that stat earlier today with Eddie and then it led out to this segment. Fantastic timing. I just feel like Ceh has a better time, better situation fantasy wise. I'm not saying Ceh is more talented. The Jonathan Taylor, but Jonathan Taylor doesn't look anything special so far. He doesn't look that great compared to other running backs. He just looks like a decent, good running back with a top tier O line. He's not breaking massive amount of runs or plays. And I just feel like CH is a better situation for fantasy. Done. All right. Thank you, Mr. Two Time. You ready? Yes. And your time starts now. All right. So as soon as Marlon Mack went down, we came into the discussion uh, as a as a group, I guess, is Jonathan Taylor worth more than Chris uh, Clyde L, Clyde Edwards Elaire? And to me, I think Jonathan Taylor's talent prior to any draft was way higher than Clyde Clyde Edwards. Um, I understand the offense that the Chiefs run. I understand they're going to score tons and tons of touchdowns, but those are going to be Mahomes' touchdowns. This guy cannot run inside the five. He's too small. Um, I just don't think he has what it takes to score as many touchdowns as Jonathan Taylor will eventually have for the rest of the season. Um, Also, when it comes to utilizing running backs, Phillip Rivers is the quarterback that you want throwing, checking it down, and and handing the ball off to the running backs. The volume alone, I think, is going to be vastly higher than Clyde, Clyde edwards Lair. only because Mahomes is going to throw it to his receivers. I understand he's utilizing the passing game as well. I understand he's going to get the bulk of the carries, but Jonathan Taylor's carries are going to be more valuable because they're going to be in the red zone. Um, and he's going to get a lot more passing work than um, a lot of people give him credit for because of the quarterback throwing him the ball. The first couple matchups, the last couple weeks, have been cakewalks. Mm -hmm. The teams that they face have been trash. 
And I understand you. your argument is that they're going to continue running the ball, but they were running it in a rotation because they want to save his legs for the rest of the season. This is a high-volume running attack, and he's going to get a book of those carries. And I think he's going to average time. a higher yard time. per carry. Your time's up, Mr. Torres. I mean, it's your time. Um, all right, open discussion. Opening for discussion. So I just want I, <laughs> I just want to say that you know, people, he said that he's not getting valuable receiving work, but that's what made Chiefs running backs valuable last year. We didn't draft uh, what's his name Williams for his running back work. He drafted him for his receiving work. Last week, Clyde Edwards got five receptions and seventy yards while game in a game that they were up double digit touchdown the whole game. He still got receiving work regardless, and he got twenty rushes on top of that. In competitive game, he, he's going to get the work, the majority of the work. I, I don't know why you're discounting his receiving work. They drafted him because of his receiving work. The thing is, Jonathan Taylor's baseline is Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, a healthy Melvin Gordon, every single season was top five in, in uh, points per game. This guy is going to give you value. He's going to get 20 to 25 touches a week, um, and he's going to get touchdowns. When it comes to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he hasn't proven to me, at least yet, that he could score in the red zone. I understand he could break off a big, uh, big play here and there, but, but other than that, got, he's going to get. I understand he's going to get checkdown work. He's he's going to get some plays called for him in the passing game, but when it comes to scoring in the red zone, I can't see. I can't envision him being a goal line back. I, I just I just feel like the receiving work makes up for his touchdowns, and, he, and he's going to get the opportunity on top of that also. But Phil Rivers is the best at checking it down. The the Phil Rivers might, the not, he might not even last that long. You really don't think so? No. He looks For a 2-1 team? That's not because of him. Because last, he could check it down to the running backs. He knows last, how to do that. Last week, they got two pick six. He didn't even do anything. And that actually takes away from Jonathan Taylor's, Taylor's uh, value for I his just, fantasy week last week. I understand he, he, once, he salvaged it with a touchdown. But once Marlon Mack went out, his receiving work went down. That game was a fluke to me. That was a fluke so, game. So the, so receiving work is a fluke. That's what you're saying. No, but I, well, no. What I'm saying is when they're behind, Naheem Hines are coming. Work. It's not just going to be Naheem Hines. He's going to get Hines. most of it. Jonathan Taylor is a valuable pass catching back as well. He he proved it in game one. And the in next game, two games, he didn't do anything. But he ran the ball twenty six times and he scored a touchdown. Last week, he ran game. the ball thirteen times. Yeah, because game flow, they were up huge. Game flow was basically works, getting blown out. Game flow works better for the t- running back when you're winning. Not when you're trying to save them for the. They weren't. The Chiefs were not blowing out the Ravens, and they also knew. The team that they were facing is dangerous. So, obviously, they're going to still play their studs. If, if come on, if the Colts I – mean, if, the, if the Chiefs played the Jets, you're going to tell me they're going to continue to play Clyde edwards Hilaire in the fourth quarter when they're up 30? No, they're not. Why wouldn't they? For the same example as, as – I, I don't, I don't think they would play CEH in the fourth quarter after up 30 points against the Jets. Against the Mahal, Jets. If Mahomes is play? playing, he'll be playing. Maybe Mahomes won't even. Maybe Mahomes won't even play. Ceh was still getting carries when they're up at fourteen with like two minutes left in the game. As he should. They're up fourteen what? against the Ravens. It's the opponent that they're facing. You're What's facing it? a dangerous opponent. There's no timeouts left. 
It don't matter. It's a dangerous what? opponent. You're, you're, they can right. nail the ball. The they can nail the, the ball three times, and that's it. And he's still, okay. they still, he's still got carries. I'm just why, saying. Why like, is that? I'm, I'm saying. All right. I'm not. I'm not comparing the Ravens to the Jets. Okay. The Ravens are are way. It's it's, it's not even a comparison. The just, Jets were a meaningless B team. Obviously. You're going to save your best talent, and you're not going to risk any type of injuries against a shitty team like the Jets. I understand it was the end of the game against the Ravens, and I understand they could have kneeled it. But that two carries in comparison to an entire half when they're up 30, you're not going to CH has a much safer floor. Look, for example, as usual, Chargers, he only got 30, 30 yards. He still broke double digits. Even, even in an awful game for him, he still broke double digits. I understand this is meat and potatoes. I, not meat and potatoes, but I understand that. Yo, why do you like meat and potatoes so much? What are you saying? <laughs> I don't know. I, you, I, you, you and meat and potatoes. I'm hungry. Call you, call you Eddie meat and potatoes. Oh, no. Two time Eddie meat and potatoes. <laughs> I understand this is arguing two top five running backs, at least oh, yeah. for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. But I think Jonathan Taylor's value is a little higher than Clyde Edwards Elair. Right, I'm gonna, I, I will really love to see how these two fare against each other at the end of the season. Uh, we'll see if one of you guys is uh, made the right decision. Uh, I mean, well, I don't know what I'm saying. Listen, we're almost out of, we're almost out of time <laughs> uh, because we forgot to close this meeting before meat the start of this topic. All right, meat and potatoes, Eddie, Jack Gurley, thank you for your time. How did you guys have fun? Yes. Yeah, I love arguing. I, I, I had I lo- fun I, this. I always argue with Eddie, so it's, it's like second nature here. This is like normal. We can thank – Donald Trump and Joe Biden for this amazing opportunity. I'm never thanking Donald Trump for anything. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. Uh, I think Joe Biden. Thank you uh, to the moderator who Chris, had some Chris Wallace had some fire comments. The, the one time he said, "Do you realize all three of us are talking at the same time?" <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't hear, they didn't hear him at all. And they, they kept going, uh, and they uh, didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> Great job, guys. Um, uh, all right, thank you. Uh, Thank Thanks you. for listening to our first ever podcast episode. Hope you enjoyed this. We will see you all next week for our usual stuff. YFT yes, out. Peace out. Later. Peace.